ladies, we will not be having our ladies' breakfast this weekend, but wait, before you say anything, <laughs> there won't be a la- <laughs> I caught it. Um, we won't be having a breakfast because we encourage you to attend the Journey to the Cross event, which will be on Good Friday on Friday afternoon. Invite your friends and family. Miss um, Pam will go into more detail with Journey to the Cross, but yes, and then we encourage, and then uh, enjoying Easter weekend with your families. Also, ladies, save the date. We will be having a Mother's Day brunch. It will be Saturday, May 14th, so make sure to save the date. We will have more details to come in the next coming Sundays, but it's definitely always an exciting and just fun time together. (laughs) Well, I'm going to hand it off to Ms. Pam for the rest of the announcements. (laughs) Amen. Oh, good. I'm glad you turned that music off. I would, it, it's like, you have to talk really fast to keep up with that. Did you notice that? It's like, <laughs> am I the only one that noticed that? Maybe because I'm a musician. It's like, I'd have to speak in rhythm with it, you know. But good morning. What a great crowd we have this morning. Y'all came to see Jesus come through with, on, on a donkey, huh? I, hey, speaking of donkeys, we got a donkey. Woo-hoo-hoo. I'm so excited. You know, uh, Miss Cindy, I had so many of you try to help me, and you are my little heroes. I tell you, um, the, the last bid I got for a donkey was $1,700 to rent that donkey, donkey for three hours. And I'm like, for $1,700, that doc, donkey better juggle. It better do some sort of tap dance, you know. And, um, and so we were having a staff meeting, and Greg, you know, he made the comment that, you know, man, all Jesus had to say is, you know, tell them that I have need of that donkey, and then I'll bring it back. And so then they got the donkey. So, you know, we, that's exactly what happened. Miss Cindy McCormick, you know, she, um, she had a friend that she helped during COVID, and uh, she had went to a nativity, a, Christ, a Christ, Christmas nativity thing, and there was a donkey there, and the lady fell in love with the donkey, just like me. And so she bought one, and so she's letting us use it for free. Isn't that awesome? Not only that, but we got two donkeys. Only one's going to show up, but we have a backup in case, you know, Joey decides to, you know, take a vacation that day. But I am so excited. So um, I'm talking about Journey to the Cross for you who are new this morning. Um, it's our, our Easter event that we'll be having this Good Friday. And um, it's from 4 to 7. It's a family event. It's geared towards children, of course, but it's certainly we have adults that come through, too, because we have actors. And um, it's just a wonderful time. We do this as an outreach to, you know, uh, to you know, lead people to Christ, to show them the whole good news, the message of Jesus Christ. So I invite you, you know, all of you to invite your unsafe friends, your coworkers. This is a great way to invite your neighbors with their kids. Say, hey, there's this really cool Easter event. It's free of charge. Um, when you finish the event, it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to walk through it, depending how fast, you know, they talk or walk. And um, at the end, we'll be serving street tacos by our very own Palos family. That is really yummy. Yeah. And... Um, and then there'll be a color station for the kids there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. If you want to see Pastor Mark dressed as a Roman soldier, this is your opportunity. You know, um, it's just a lot of fun. We, we, we reenact the journey to the cross. Amen. Really, really exciting. So that's this coming Friday. Um, I still have need. I have need of not a donkey, but I have need of you. <laughs> 
if you would like to help, I still have some places that I need some people to help me fill in um, at different parts of Journey to the Cross. Immediately after the service, we will be having a meeting in the Red Room. So if you haven't signed up yet, it's not too late. Just show up at the Red Room. Um, we'll be meeting there. And also, you'll be picking up your costumes so that you can um, show up on Friday in your costumes. And um, and so that's it. Like I said, it, it, well, probably not immediately after the service because I'll be at the bucket thing. But um, shortly after thereof, I will be there. <laughs> to the bucket. Now, to the bucket. Um, this is a really cool event that we have happening this year for families. And inside every bucket, there is... Um, this little information sheet. Your family will be opening one egg starting tonight. You'll be opening one egg per night, and then you will follow the instructions of the egg that's inside. And um, we have set up a um, a hashtag, hashtag HBC Kids Easter, and everybody will be posting your pictures because it's gonna. You'll, you'll understand when you look at that that it wants you to post your pictures, and we'll get to see all of us how we are doing. Um, and it's called a family activity bucket. And so um, we will be out in the front. I have forty buckets. I do not want one bucket left. So you know, if you have grandkids or just someone that you know, it's going to introduce them to the life of Jesus Christ, and it is. In interactive with journey to the cross just so you know so it's kind of connects it's a lot of fun there's a a cake inside that you get to bake and so just just a lot of fun and um if now for teenagers and and those people that don't want to open eggs because you're just a little more mature and some of you adults maybe you don't want to do it i have made papers just the papers that have the same instructions out there. You can grab a paper and you can participate. Pastor Mark and I are going to participate. I'm hoping some of our staff is going to participate. And we will be posting those pictures as well. All right. I think that's it. Have a wonderful Palm Sunday. God bless you guys. Two thousand years ago, the world saw the original Palm Sunday. On that Palm Sunday, the Lord of heaven and earth entered Jerusalem on a baby donkey. He didn't come to us with power and magnificence, but with meekness and gentleness. On that Palm Sunday, those who sang Hosanna would five days later shout, Crucify Him. On that Palm Sunday, Jesus turned His face toward Jerusalem where he would endure the most painful and humiliating kind of death, the kind of death that would save the world. Palm Sunday is a reminder of who Jesus is and who we should be as we follow him. Palm Sunday reminds us that the way of Jesus is the way of the donkey, the way of humility, the way of gentleness. Palm Sunday reminds us that it's totally possible to be with Jesus on Sunday, but forsake him on Friday. And Palm Sunday reminds us that Friday is coming. Amen. Now that you're all somber, hallelujah. We did that on purpose. It's all good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Well, it is Palm Sunday. And it starts out rejoicing and ends up, you know, 
a, a little bit interesting. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke uh, chapter 19, and we're going to start there. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, I like what I talked about about the donkey. You know, everything in the Word of God it has purpose. Did you know that? You know, the way it was done and everything. And of course, we know that the number one reason that Jesus rode in on a donkey was to fulfill uh, prophecy from Zechariah, you know, chapter 9, that said, hey, you tells us to rejoice. It says, rejoice, O people of Zion, shout in triumph. O people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble. He's riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. You know, he, he came in uh, riding on a donkey, not riding on a white horse. Aren't you glad the next time he's coming, he's coming down on a horse? Hallelujah. Because glory to God. You know, you need to understand, why, what was the donkey so significant? Like I said, the number one reason was because uh, it fulfilled prophecy. The second reason he came in on a donkey is because he wasn't coming to do war. See, when you look about the Bible, anytime you, ta- you put horses with kings, it's always they're going to battle. And he wasn't coming in, but he was a triumphant of a king, but he was coming in as a humble servant. He was coming in, and he came in uh, uh, to just, uh, you know, get connected, and he came in just to uh, walk in here without any bloodshed, without anything, and uh, also, it signified that he was coming in peace. Amen? Amen. And, you know, you realize that when you look at it, because, you know, we talked about, you know, we've been so focused on a donkey, I thought I'd better let you know that it's not, it's pretty important, some things. And, and the third reason is, is, is that he wanted to connect with all of us. Isn't it amazing that Jesus was born in a manger? He comes riding into Jerusalem to die on a donkey. He does everything totally different than the way we do things, you know. And uh, most of us want to come in like, uh, what is that? You, we watch some kind of cartoon thing where that guy became Alibaba the Prince kind of guy. Oh, blown up. That's how everybody wants to come in so everybody can see him. You know, but Jesus came in as a humbled servant. He came in because he wanted to get connected. He wanted to come in, and he came in by peace to touch the lives of every person that was there. Amen. And then also, thank God, thank God for donkeys, because you remember Balaam's donkey helped save his life. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. Here in Luke chapter 19 and verse 28, we're going to read uh, Palm Sunday and about what took place, and then we're just going to share some things, because... Isn't it amazing that on Sunday, they were praising him, and on Friday, they were yelling, crucify him? Pretty humbling, amen? What would cause people to do that? Well, we see that in our day, and I'm going to share some things today, you know, and uh, I'm not sure about my title yet. Uh, I've got several titles rolling around on the inside of me, but uh, one of the things about it is is that uh, we need to go the way of the king. We need to be walking his way. Amen. Or another title could be the donkey's way. <laughs> I kind of like the donkey's way. That'll get somebody's attention, okay? But look what he said here in verse 28. He said, when he had thus spoken, he went before and ascended up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, when he was come nigh to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, go ye into the village over against you, and in which at the entering you shall find a colt tied thereupon, yet never a man sat. Loose him and bring him hither, bring him to me. And if any man ask you, why do you loose him? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord hath need of him. 
And, the, and so they were sent and they went their way and they found even as he had said unto them. And as they were loosening the colt, the owners thereof said, why are you loosening our colt? Or why are you stealing my donkey? And they said, the Lord hath need of him. Isn't that amazing? They said, well, if he needs him, then go for it. You know, and they brought him to Jesus and they cast their garments upon the colt and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the, des- the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and he said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Amen. You know, isn't it amazing? Jesus did not try to convert the Pharisees. He didn't mess with them too much. Except when they were bothering him. He just went out to preach the gospel. He went out to love people. He went out to do things, you know. And as the comment was the reason we showed the videos, because just to let you know and to understand that, you know, we can praise God on Sunday, but then we can be crucifying him on Friday. And what would cause people to change so fast? Here they're praising him, they're worshiping him, they're magnifying him. This is so awesome. What, what has happened? You know, what would cause them to turn? You know why? Because he wasn't the king that they wanted. He didn't do the things that they wanted. He didn't do the way that they wanted. Amen? See, the minute that he didn't set up his earthly kingdom, the minute he didn't come in there and throw out everybody and overthrow the Roman government, and he didn't come in there and, and be, become the king in the natural, they said, well, he's not doing it our way. He's not doing what we want him to do. Well, let's get rid of them. Isn't it amazing when God doesn't do the things that you want him to do or when he, the way you want him to do, you want to get rid of them. <laughs> Amen. Now, the, the key in hearing and understanding what, what uh, God is trying to get across and what Jesus is trying to Because, you know, if you read on down through here, the next 41 through 44, Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. He said, you're missing your visitation. You're missing your visitation. You're missing your visitation of what God wants to do. Jesus came there trumping, they're rejoicing. Thank God he's coming. And he came in as the king. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. How awesome it is. Wow. And they, and they just knew that, man, this is their hour. This is their times. And it didn't happen the way they thought it would happen. And yet it was their time. It was their hour. Jesus was coming to set them free. Jesus was coming to redeem them. He was coming. Hallelujah. Glory to God. To overthrow all governments. Amen. He was coming to save the world. He was coming to give his life. He was defeating the Satan and he was defeating all that he had. Amen. See, most of the time we want God to do everything our way instead of God doing his way. How do you know that, you know, Adam and Eve, their greatest sin wasn't eating the apple. See, there got y'all attention on that one. Eating the apple, no, that wasn't the greatest. Their greatest sin was wanting to be like God and do it their own way. Which we all still have that same sin in our lives because we always want to do it our way. We always think that life is like Burger King. I'm going to have it my way. 
See, if something doesn't work, we look at, and that's what we have in the problem with the whole world today is because we don't have a standard. Everybody is a God unto themselves. And they determine, see, people don't, instead of doing what the word of God says and what the Bible says, they do the way they feel. If it's okay, if I feel okay, then it must be okay. Sorry, this is a whole unique uh, good old Palm Sunday sermon. Usually we get very religious, we get very... So if I stir up your religious devil, I'm apologizing, but you need to be stirred up. It probably needs to be crucified, you know. It probably, you know, we can get you here. Sunday afternoon, you can be yelling, crucify Pastor Mark, okay? It's all right. But the, but the key, <laughs> you know, because how many of you know that God has a certain way that we're supposed to follow? God has a certain plan and purpose for our lives that we're supposed to follow. Jesus declared truth. This is truth. He showed us how to walk, how to talk, how to be. We're living in a society that wants to change everything about it. They want to change how you think. They want to change what you believe. They also want to change, you know, just natural things. And you can't change that. You know, I mean, you can, you can get people to believe anything. You know, they want you to try to do that. They want you to try, they want to try to turn you, turn you against all of the truth because if you believe the truth, then you're a threat. Amen? Amen. See what happens to us, man. We want Jesus to be our provider. We want him to be our healer. We want him to be our blesser. We want him to be all the good things, but nobody wants him to be the instructor. Nobody wants him to be the reprover, the corrector. Go with me, if you would, over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Y'all doing okay. I promise, it's, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better, but it's going to get better. <laughs> Hallelujah. I told uh, my wonderful wife, I said, man, I'm going to get up here in fear and trim. I thought about starting out in you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and says, when Paul said, you know, I, I, I come in fear and trembling. You know, knowing nothing for except Jesus Christ and him crucified. But, uh, but I'm not in fear and trembling because it's the truth of the word of God. Hallelujah. God wants us to understand his truth in our lives. See, what would change? See, we change. People change so much. They're praising. Everybody's praising. They're throwing down palms. They, 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 they're, they're worshiping. They're so excited that he's coming as king. And he did come as the king. And he did come, hallelujah, to save the world. He did come to set up his kingdom. He did all the things he said he was going to do. He just didn't do it their way and in their timing. And so if you don't do it my way, then you're not right. If it's, if I, if, if it's, you know, if it's not my way, it's not, it's not right. Well, then you better get saved. Praise God. Get in God's way. Amen. Look at verse. Uh, I was just going to quote this to you, but I wanted you to see it in uh, Verse 16, he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I'm going to read that to you out of the New Living Translation. It's awesome. He said this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are going wrong or when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Amen? God's desire for you and for me is not to allow the things of the world or the enemy to to cause us to go the way of the world. Amen? God's desire, 
God's desire. He said he wanted a family. He desired, He sent Jesus so that we all might live, that we all might know him, that we all might be saved and be the family of God and walk in his way. Because how many of you know God's way is right? How many of you ever, you know, I, I remember I always use this kind of as an example because I hired a young man one time and uh, uh, to help me do some things around the church and stuff. And I said, listen, this is what I need to be done. And this is the way I need you to do it because this is the way it works. Well, he was, a, you know, he's young, just like, you know, everybody is now. They think, well, they know all the better ways. So for eight hours, he tried to figure out how to do it his own way. And then he came back at the end of the day and said, I, I can't. I said, well, did you do it the way I told you? He said, well, no, I, I figured there was a better way. I said, That's, there's only one way to do what I ask you to do. And it took me about 15 minutes to do it. And I paid him for eight hours to do nothing. But that young man learned. He said, that's the only way it can be done. I said, that's the only way it can be done. I said, you know, I didn't tell you it was so that you could just, you know, uh, not, you know, just because I was trying to dictate it to you. I didn't tell you that because I didn't want you to think. I didn't tell you that because I didn't want you to have an opinion or, or have any thought processes. I told you that because that's the only way that works. And I didn't want you to waste your time. God tells us these things not because he doesn't value you, not because he doesn't think that, you know, you can think for yourself in some areas, even though he knows we mess up when we do think for ourselves, but he's telling, this way works. Amen? This way works. And I can't attest to that young man. That young man's in ministry today. Bless his heart. And he, really, and he still tells me about that story. I said, yep. That's probably one of the best stories you'll ever have. You know? <laughs> because we, you, know, you learned a lesson that day. And, uh, you know, and it cost me dearly. <laughs> but but it, <laughs> You know, I'm going to give you three things that are a little bit different. But... These are things that you've got to be careful. We've got to watch out for, especially in this day and this hour. This is Palm Sunday where everybody's rejoicing and we thank God God's doing great things. But how do you know the way of the world and the way of what they're doing is, is they're headed for destruction. It's not going to get any better. Hallelujah. But thank God the church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. Because just like I said, we want them to be our healer, our blesser. We want them to be our provider. But we don't want them to instruct us. We don't want them to correct us. We don't want him to uh, uh, you know, talk to us about our lives. And yet we have to. The Bible says if judgment doesn't begin at the house of God, how, how crazy is the world going to be? Amen. So I want to talk to you about three things. Go to Jude with me, with you, with, and, and good thing about this, I'm a pastor, so we're going to get done. Now, I never finish my sermons, but we always stop on time. Amen. <laughs> and that's my Baptist upbringing, man. If you didn't stop on time, you got killed, so you had to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have a gentleman that's here today. That's, it's just such a, it's a small world. But anyways, I have a gentleman I haven't seen in like 47 years probably. And we grew up in the First Baptist Church together in Hillmore. And uh, praise God, Larry, good to see you. I mean, it's just to get to know you. It's just a blessing. I mean, such a shock. So, <laughs> goes, who would have never, you know, I mean, there was what, 50 people in our whole church <laughs> growing up. 
all the time we were there. There's probably just 50 people. Hallelujah. But it was such a blessing. Amen. And we both love God. So something good can come out of Hillmore. Like they said, it's a good thing. You know, amen. <laughs> hey, in, uh, in Jude chapter 1, verse 11, I want to read verse 11. <clears throat> Actually, I want to back up to verse 10. It says, but talking about, but these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts in, the, in those things, they corrupt themselves. Man, sounds like the world. Then he says, woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and have perished in the gainsaying of Korah. It says, these are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you, feeding them themselves without fear, clouds that are without water, carrying about winds, um, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. How to, just as Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Amen. I want to read when you when you when you look at this and you see some things here. Uh, we look at the way of Cain, the error of Balaam, and the rebellion of Korah. He, he names three things, three big things here. And, and I just want to share those three things with you that you've got to watch out right now. Don't go from Sunday praising to Friday crucify. Okay, we can't do this. We've got to stay steady in this. And these are the three major things that Jude was talking about here. And I know it's, it seems like it's correction, but it's not correction. It's going to help you stay free. Because how do you know the way of Cain? How did he, what did Cain do? He brought an offering to the Lord. Abel brought an offering to the Lord. God received Abel's offering, but rejected Cain. Why did he reject Cain? Because Cain just brought an offering. He didn't bring the best or the first. Because Cain was a farmer. He didn't, you know, God wasn't going to just tell him, well, you got to go steal one of Abel's cows and, you know, steal the best cow and then present it to me. No, Abel presented his best. And Cain, he just brought an offering. Who cares about my offering? Nobody cares about that. I'm just going to bring it. It's quiet in this place again. I know I've got to get you excited. But I want to help you. See, when you understand the way of Cain means that if God rejects something that I do, that he's rejecting me, and that's not true. You might have done what they said you did, but you are not who they say you are. You might mess up. You might do something, and it might not be the right thing to do, but thank God for that you can repent. Thank God that you can get forgiveness. But the way of Cain, Cain, Cain said, if you're not going to accept anything, you, know, if I'm just, you should be happy with what I give you. You should be happy I just showed up today, Pastor. I am happy you showed up today. I really am happy you showed up today. Okay? I thank God for that. But when you come to God, see, we want God's best without us giving him our best. See, we want all God's divine protection. We want God's blessing. We want God's all these things without giving God his best or giving it to God the right way, the way that God said we're supposed to do it. Amen? offering and honoring and loving God. Hallelujah. You know, and here's the thing. Listen, God loves you. God loves you so much. He sent Jesus to die for you. He loves you so very much. And God's not holding your sin against you. God's not, but you're holding God away from you by not allowing him to bless you. 
You stop him. When you go the way of Cain, you simply say, well, if you're not accepting what I'm doing, you know, then you don't like me. It's like, no, God can't bless what you're doing. He still loves you. He just wants you to do what he wants. He wants you to come to him his way. Amen? You know, people get all caught up and especially this one big area and this one big word called rejection. Amen. Rejection. How many of you know all of us have been rejected by somebody or something? Amen. Why don't you glad God's not rejecting you? See, that's the thing about it. God didn't reject Cain. He rejected Cain's offering because Cain didn't do it right. He didn't bring it with the right heart. He didn't bring the best. He didn't do it the way God told him to do it. If he would have, God would have accepted his. Amen. We allow rejection to mess us up. And that's the thing about the people when Jesus was coming in. Hey, praise God. Praise God. Hey, praise the king. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Woo-hoo, he's going to say, he didn't set up his kingdom. He didn't do what I wanted him to do. I got rejected. Amen. Y'all quiet, calm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Oh, you know, one of the things that happens in our lives, especially when it comes to rejection, is that, you know, we work and do something, and if it gets rejected, then we feel like ah, that that was part of us or part of something that, that, that we think ah, nobody can, can do. We feel like we're slighted. And here's the biggest problem is rejection, all it does is show up your pride. <laughs> it just comes against your pride. <laughs> we thought we were a little better than we were. <laughs> you know, hallelujah. And we thought we were a little bit more, man, I thought I had it going on here. I thought I had it good here. I thought this was good, man. Look at this, you know. And uh, the thing about it is, is that we can't allow that to happen and come into our lives. What we do is we have to trust that what Jesus is doing, what Jesus is saying, and what the Word of God is saying, that God is working it out. Amen? Because how many you know even all the disciples got rejected and all the disciples left Jesus this week? I mean, this was a week, because you remember, Jesus tells them, I'm going to be taken up, you're all going to leave me. And Peter, what did Peter say? Oh, not me! Not me! Not me! Ah! No, 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 not so, Lord. And Jesus said, Peter, even before this, you know, on Friday, before this night is over, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. Amen. All of them are going to leave. Even the disciple whom Jesus loved, talking about John. Now, John stayed the closest, but he still wasn't around. He shows up faster than anybody else later, but he still left. Okay? Lest you think John was perfect. <laughs> I mean, we look at this and we see this and we understand, wow, what's going on? I mean, but when I see this and I understand, probably one of the greatest persons that you can look at in the Bible to see what, what, what that didn't allow rejection to stop the plan of God in his life was probably two. Number one was probably Joseph and number two was probably David. I mean, Joseph, wow. All I did was have a dream. And he opened up his mouth, told the wrong people. Messed them all up. And that was family. 
And what about David? He didn't even get invited to the party. Samuel shows up and says, hey, I want, I go, oh, gather all your sons, gather, there's, I'm gonna, I know, gather all your sons, I've got to see all your sons. And his dad's like, I, I, well, obviously, David doesn't classify as even my son, David doesn't even classify as, you know, surely it's not him. Remember, Samuel, he parade his sons in front of Samuel, and of course, the first son is, man, he's got it going on, and Samuel says, surely the Lord's anointed to stand him before me. And God said, nah, not him. I don't look on the outside. I'm looking on the inside. He ain't it. And he goes through all the sons. And Samuel says, well, did I miss it? Is this all you got? Is this all your sons? He said, well, well, no, I got one more. But he's the youngest. He's out tending sheep. He's not even worth inviting in. He said, well, we're not even going to sit down until he shows up. And then when David comes in, Samuel rises up and anoints him as the king of Israel. Don't you know what the other brothers felt? (laughs) But David's attitude through all of this and through everything is amazing. David's attitude through though Saul trying to kill him is amazing. And David has the spirit of God on him. David doesn't have the spirit of God in him, which is just unbelievable hallelujah it's just like wow you know and how do we how do we deal with all the stuff that takes place how do we deal with the way of Cain you know in the sense of of what transpires here uh, in this is that we can't allow rejection number one to define us number two we can't allow rejection to stop us from loving God and keeping going forward because people in the world are going to reject you and believe it or not, people in the church are not going to understand why you're being so crazy. Why you're being so forthright. Why you're being so strong. Why you have to stand in this. Amen? See, if the devil can't get you with the way of Cain and get you with rejection, then he goes into the error of Balaam. So what did Balaam do? Well, you know, Balaam was a prophet. And, uh, you know, the, the king hired Balaam to curse Israel. And Balaam said, I can't curse whom God has blessed. And so the king kept offering him more and more money and more and more money. And he got to the point where Balaam could be bought. So Balaam kept going back to the Lord and saying, surely you're missing an opportunity to bless me. Because <laughs> he's offering me a lot of money now. Surely, you're, Lord, you're missing an opportunity for me to bless me. <laughs> See, because when it's the error, the error just means you're going to go astray. Error means that... Man, I've got to look at this, look at this, look at this. How did I do it? Because Balaam always went to, the, to ask the Lord of things. And when God told him something, you know, what happened to Balaam is he went back to ask the Lord again, even after God had already told him. How many of us do that all the time? <laughs> See, because here's the key. We don't want to hear what the Lord has to say. We just want to see if he'll give us permission. Don't just, because see, God will permit you to do a lot of things. Don't get permission. I used to always talk about it was easier to get forgiveness than it was for permission. That's terrible. It's not. It's easier to get permission. than. But the key is if you're trying to get God's permission when he's already told you no, you're in trouble. Or if he's already told you the way to do it. You know, how that you? See, because most people aren't seeking God's will for their life. They're seeking God's permission for their life. Can you understand that? 
There's a big difference than you seeking God's will for your life and then you seeking God's permission to do something you want to do. Amen? Most people do their own plans and then ask God to bless them. But if you'll do God's... See, remember, we're talking about God's way, God's thing. We don't want to get over in the area of, of, of Balaam because what Balaam does is he finally got bought where money became, wow, look at this. We can handle this. Look how great... This, surely, surely God is missing an opportunity to bless me. Man, you know, because he's going back and asking the Lord again, hey, hey, I'm going to get all this. I'm going to get all... If I can just say something... Amen? No, 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 no. How many you know we, we make it so hard if we just follow God's plan, if we just follow God, love God, do what the Word of God says, it makes it so much easier. Obedience is so much better than sacrifice. Amen? But most people would be, rather be guided by their feelings than by what the Bible says because the Bible makes you work. Amen? It does. You know, statistics now, and this is the reason I share this with you, because we've got to hang on to the Word of God. We've got to hang on to what the Bible says. Statistics now are even worse than this, but many years ago, it said that four out of ten people who are born again actually, actually uh, uh, get, uh, you know, rely on the Bible as, as the, the, the authority in their life for guidance or for everything. Only four out of ten. And these are people that are saved, that are born again, go to church all the time, but only four of them, yeah, the, the Bible's the authority. I said, I'm so glad that you guys, all of you, that the Bible is the authority in your life. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Because the, the heir of Balaam is always in this, and here's the attitude, what's in it for me? Amen. See, Jesus came in, and he came in, they were worshiping him, they were praising him, but by Friday, they were yelling, crucify him, because he didn't do it their way, and he didn't do what they wanted. And so it, it, the enemy always tries to come in and always tries to bombard you, always tries to mess you up. Amen? And you do know that Balaam actually did, he totally uh, destroyed in Israel because he told the king, here's how you can do it. You can't defeat them, but here's what you can do. You go in there, you take all of your women and you go in there and you intermingle and you go in there and you allow them to see how pretty your ladies are. You go in there and you just cohabit and you get in there and mess it all up. And that's what they did and that's how they defeated him. <laughs> you know, it is, of course, you know, and, and I never realized, God, why did you let your donkey talk and save that dude? <laughs> but he did. He been. Now, the third thing, you know, the third one is, is that, uh, and it's the rebellion of Korah. You know, one of the things that happens for folks is that you, if you go the way of Cain and you do the heir of Balaam, you're going to get into the rebellion of Korah because then rebellion sets in. And what rebellion does is then you start bad-mouthing people. And the Bible says we've passed from death unto life because why? Because we love people. You're not going to speak ill of your neighbor. You're not going to speak bad. Amen? You're going to speak truth. You're going to take hold. Because, see, rebellion always brings blame. I asked the Lord why he had this message for me. I really did. She can ask her. I agonized over this. I said, Lord, this is not a happy Palm Sunday message. So somebody showed up and messed it all up for you guys. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. God wanted to, 
we got to get this. I can feel your head is like, am I, is it me? Is it me? It's kind of like the Last Supper there. <laughs> Judas and everybody else, is it I? Is it I? You know, it's not you and it's not this. It's just to understand how do we walk this out. I believe this is an, a very important Easter. I believe it's a very important week. I believe it's a very important time for the church that we need to rise up and we need to hold ourselves accountable. We also need to make sure that we're doing right things. Amen? It's so, so vitally, vitally important how to do it and let God be God. Glory to God. Because if we don't watch how we handle money and if we don't watch how, how we come to the Lord with our, with, with, uh, and honoring Him and, 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 and going to Him and if we don't watch how we act toward one another, the devil's going to come and here's the problem. We're going to be the ones in sin and we're going to blame everybody else. It's everybody else's problem. I sin, but it's your fault. Come on. That's not true. If you sin, you did it. Own up. You got to get a grab a hold of it. See, when you talk about the rebellion of Korah, Korah, they thought they were as good as Moses. They just said, hey, who, who, who's this Moses guy? You remember when Aaron and Miriam badmouthed Moses? Both of them got leprosy. And Moses had to intercede, you know. And he said, intercede, you know. And of course, you know, his sister Miriam was the worst one. So she had to stay out at least seven days longer than Aaron did. And uh, to come back in, he said, but, you know, because who are you to talk about God's servant? Who are you to talk about these things or talking about your brothers or your sisters in these things? And, 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 what they, and they began to, and the funny thing about it, all the eight things that Korah brought up against Aaron and, and, and Moses were the things that they were guilty of. And usually that's the case. Usually that's the case, you know. Usually that's the thing that transpires and, t- and, we, and it messes us all up because we get to thinking that somebody else is getting something more than we are. Remember, that was the first dispute in the church in Acts chapter 6. They're getting more food than we are. These ladies are complaining about those ladies because they're not getting enough. Somebody's getting more than... Hey, guess what? Somebody else's gain is never your loss. There's plenty of stuff. There's plenty to go. God's got an abundant supply. God's going to do it. He's, he's just going to do awesome things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> and there's no judgment. We're not judging anybody. This, this sermon isn't toward any one person that I know of or anything. I, I said, Lord, everybody in our church likes each other as far as I know. <laughs> and uh, everybody, I don't have, there's not any, you know, because I, like, like, I I'm not hearing anything. There's no things to bring up. Why are we doing this? He said, we're going to just cut it off at the bud. We're just going to just get it in here and get it out there and get it going so that we don't do it. Because God wants us to grow and to be a blessing, you know, because you know, you remember in Romans chapter 2 and verse 1, what does it say? It says, you may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. And when you say that they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself. For you who judge others do the very same things. So there's no stones. He who is without sin, let him throw the first stone. The only one that was that was Jesus and he's gone. So we're all good. Amen. But what happens is with the rebellion of Korah is that Korah began to accuse Moses of not doing what he said he was going to do. And he accused him of all these different things that, that, that uh, were all the things that he wanted. And here's, this is the sad thing about this whole thing is that 
Moses didn't have to defend himself. Moses didn't have to do anything. God judges this area. And you don't want to get into this area. And so I don't know who I'm talking to. Or what I'm and then the Lord just, again, I began to pray. Uh, and, and I said, all right, Lord, because we want to make sure you stop. Because if you get in there, because you know what happened to Korah. If you don't know what happened to Korah, the earth opened up and became Pac-Man and swallowed them all. Right there. Just opened up and ate them. That's pretty serious. Amen? You know, I laugh at that. That's why I laugh at people say you're going to come against God. Listen, God owns the earth. God owns the atmosphere. Do you know that God rained fireballs out of heaven that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? You think your atomic, you think all the things that the, everybody around us has got that compares to what God can do? You know, they got all these, you know, bombs and everything in the earth. You know, God can swallow those suckers up. He can drop them down five, six, 20, whatever he wants to do. You know, I mean, God's God. But when you look at these things here, what God's trying to say, he's trying to get us to realize that we need to understand we've got to guard our hearts and we've got to go the way that God says to go. That's why the Bible tells us these things. He doesn't do this because he wants to bring a bunch of, of, of do's and don'ts on us. He wants to bring it because this is the way that works. This is the donkey's way. Amen. This is the way when you go with the donkey. He did, aren't you glad that donkey didn't decide, I ain't moving. And it's really not so much that the donkey's stubborn. We've always said that. But it's not because the donkey's stubborn. It's because the donkey knows it's got to be cautious. It's got to make sure it has sure-footedness to where it's going. It's very cautious about what's going to take place. It's not sure you know what you're doing. (laughs) Thank God for good donkeys. Amen. (laughs) What happens to us is that when we start comparing ourselves or we start looking at others or we start looking at things around us and get our eyes off of Jesus, we don't let Jesus be our king the way he wants to be our king. And if we let Jesus be our king and if we live our life according to the word of God, live our life according to his standard and live our life according to his way, then blessings can begin to flow. Supernatural things can flow. So you've got to grab a hold of yourself. Listen, make sure that you're honoring God the way he wants it. Make sure that you're honoring God. You're not going the way where money has not got you stopped doing the will of God for your life. God's got more than enough for you. Amen. Oh, and make sure you're not doing the error, you know, or the, or the rebellion of core, which is where you begin to say, well, I could do it so much better. Because did you know that uh, you can't grant spiritual authority to anybody? I can't grant spiritual authority. Only God can. God's the one that sets people down. God's the one that raises people up. He's, he, he puts kings in. He sets kings down. God's the one that sets people to do the things they're doing. Amen? Amen? And we need to go the way that God wants us to go because his way is the only way and it is the best way. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. That Sunday's coming. Thank God when Sunday came, there was a few folks that were rejoicing. And it took a long time, took 40 days to convince the disciples that Jesus actually did raise from the dead. You know that, right? Took 40 days to actually convince them, even, you know, uh, to can actually convince them that, hey, yeah, he did raise from, you know, from the dead. And then when he went up, they were still gazing up into heaven going, I wonder if he's coming back. <sighs> Well, he is coming back, praise God. And he's coming back on a horse, praise God. He's going to come back as a mighty warrior. 
He came going in there on a donkey. He came going there just to connect with us. He, he came in there lowly, and he died a death that was so terrible. But thank God he was raised victorious. How did he, he was raised up with us. And all the things that he said and did, how did it come to pass? So let's guard our hearts. Let's not be those that are praising God on Sunday and crucifying him on Friday. Amen. Let's let the church, because guess what? You know, what we've had in our lives right now, how many know the church has been tainted? That the world knew that the world hit us in the mouth and the church got knocked down, but we're not knocked out. We're going to stand back up and we're going to declare the truth of the word of God. We're not in fear. We're going to stand up and say, this is our God. This is who God is. Amen. Because God is God. And the world's going to get to see how powerful God is. They are going to, God's going to do miracle signs and wonders, amen? But we've got to stay together and be united. We don't want to see, I don't want to see the earth open up and swallow all, all kinds of sinners. That's not my goal at all. But I don't want to see the church be divided. I want to see the church come together and be united, amen? So we just share, and, and listen, don't kill the donkey. The donkey just delivers what God says to do, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah, and amen, and, and it's just the donkey's way, okay? And so this is what we're doing. We're announcing and sharing because we've got to guard our hearts. We don't want to be like the children of Israel, amen? amen. One day, praise, oh, he's the king of, and the next day, crucify him because that's not what God is in our hearts, Because guess what? The best is yet to come. There are great things in store for the church. And the church is going to be sustained. God's got a plan for the church. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Lord, I've delivered this as best I know how to help and to do it and to do it with, uh, uh, in a way that you desire, in the way that you wanted it to take place. Father, thank you for these incredibly wonderful folks. They are. They're so wonderful. But Father, thank you that you love us enough to correct us. You love us enough to come to us and share with us truth. Hallelujah. And you love us enough to show us your way, your plan, and your purpose. Father, we don't want to be like the ones that said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord on Sunday. But then turn around and say, crucify on Friday. We want to be able to say, you're awesome and you're wonderful and you are so great. We want to be, be the ones that declare that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords and that your way is the only way. And that we, when we walk in that way, there are blessings, there are things that take place. Father, I don't know everybody that's here, but my heart's cries that everybody here knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. because that's my heart's cry Father there may be those that are here that have been hurt have been rejected there may have been those that are here that doesn't seem like God's doing things in their lives as the way that they think he should and that may have been why they're thinking oh they think that they've been rejected but Father you let them know that they're not been rejected they just got to come to your way And they got to trust you and do it your way. 
Father, we're not going to walk in error. We're going to walk in the truth. We're not going to walk in the error of Balaam and think that money is what makes everything go round. Or that if God trying to get your permission instead of getting your will. We want your will, Father, more than we want your permission. Because your will is where blessings are. You'll permit us to do all kinds of things because you're a perfect gentleman. But Father, we don't want that. We want your perfect will in our lives. And Father, we will not get into rebellion. We will not allow the enemy to come in and try to to get us to look to the right or to the left or to get us to compare ourselves one with another or to look at this person. We were going to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because we're not perfect. But Father, we thank you that we're your kids and you love us dearly. And so Father, if there is anybody here that doesn't know Jesus as their personal Savior or if they're here and they need to come back to God, Lord, my heart's cry is that they do that today. That they make Jesus the Lord of their life today. Or there's somebody watching. This whole message, this whole thing may be for somebody that's watching. That's just clicking on and finding out this is what truth comes in. Lord, I just trust you. And I just honor you. And I love you for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's all stand up for just a moment. Just all stand up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and ask our prayer team to come down. We have a prayer team, the people that can pray with you. And uh, they'll lead you to the Lord. They'll talk with you. But have them come down right now. I still want you to have your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment. Glory to God. I just feel impressed to do it this way for some reason. And uh, glory to God. If you are here. And you do need to recommit your life to Christ or you do need to come to Christ for the very first time. My heart's desire is that you let Jesus love you this morning. This isn't about joining our church. This is about making Jesus the Lord of your life. This is about being born again, being saved, knowing that, man, if I I die today, I'm going to get to make heaven and I'm going to get to miss hell. That's what's so important. And also, not only with that particular thing, but also with if you just need to come back to God or you just need to come say, I just need to come and rededicate my life because my life's not been right. And if that's you, then I invite you to step out from where you're at right now. We're not going to take long at all. But if that's you and you're here, I want you to come. I want you to come. Then I'm going to pray. Nobody comes. That's okay. Then you can come for prayer. All of the saints can come and get prayer and different things. That's fine too. But I want to take a moment. So if you're here and you say, you know what? I need Jesus. So I don't want to come in front of all these people. You know what? Jesus said this. He said he's reaching out with open arms. And if you knew that this would be something that could change your life forever, man, you just run. But he also said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'd be ashamed of you before my father. So you don't want to be ashamed of him. Everyone in this room that got born again had to declare Jesus as their Lord and Savior one time or another. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, I just thank you and praise you. I pray for everybody here. Lord, I thank you for each and every one. And I thank you for all those that are watching. Lord, this has been a totally different service than what... uh, usually we do in the sense of this day of the year but father i just believe that i have delivered what you've asked me to deliver so lord thank you for touching lives 
Thank you for Grace Simmers. Thank you for these amazing folks who are wonderful. Thank you for meeting and supplying all that. But Father, help them to walk this walk in the way that they need to walk it. Lord, we just honor you for it. We love you for it now. I just thank you, Father, for your incredible mercy and your incredible grace. Lord, you're such a great God. Lord, thank you as as we celebrate Palm Sunday today and as we have family and friends and even as the following week is Easter. This is Holy Week. Father, as, as they say, all the different days leading up to the cross. Lord, we just ask for your blessing to be upon journey to the cross. Be upon our lives as we do the thing. And each and every one that's here, Father, just direct their steps. Lead, guide, and direct them. Lord, we thank you for that now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen.